another episode of Mavis Speaking Teaches Typing. <laughs> you have to do that when you were in school? Yeah, I was really good at it. Did you ever do the one... Wait, I, I'm a stairs coke now. Yeah, whatever, Bradford. Okay. Did you ever do the one where you have to drive the car? No. That was a thing I think they got rid of because it probably terrified kids. Okay. When I was a kid, we had like Mavis Beacon teaches typing version 1.0. And there was a thing where you had to drive a car with your typing. And the more errors and typos, the worse the car drove. And eventually, like, the windshield get all cracked, and then you'd, like, crash into a tree and explode. Is it like Hong Kong 97, where there would be, like, a dead body afterwards, and it'd say, you are dead? Tell me what that is. Uh, Hong Kong 97 is an infamous game that was created by this company called Happy Soft, which is, their whole shtick is just they make offensive, poorly made games. Uh So the plot of Hong Kong 97 is this. Um, The British Hong Kong takes place in 1997, the year that uh, Britain had to release control of Hong Kong back to China. And there were billions of Chinese people flooding into Hong Kong and increasing the crime rate. I know you're thinking, this sounds racist as fuck. Yes. So all the Chinese people were flooding into Hong Kong and uh, the Hong Kong government hires Chin, a, and I quote, distant relative of Bruce Lee, who is addicted to heroin, to kill every single Chinese person who moved from um, China to Hong Kong. And the game is like infamous because when you died, they had a screen like on the, this was on the SNES. When you died, there would be a screen and there would be an photo of an actual dead body of a Bolivian soldier and it said Chin is dead on it. This has nothing to do with Mavis Beacon teaches typing and nothing to do with what I just said. You just wanted to talk about some racist bullshit game. Congratulations, Sriracha. It was sold on a floppy disk and about 30 copies of it exist in the world. What are we talking about on the show today? I got a call for fucking jury duty. You motherfuckers, this is why I always say don't vote, because that's where they pull from jury duty. That's where they pull the jurors from is the pool of registered voters. Mm -hmm. You say two fucking months after I registered a vote for the first time, I get called for fucking jury duty. I hate you, government. Okay, you got popped for jury duty. Happens to Now, normally what we do is we just write a thing that says, like, I can't get out of work. I got to take care of my kids. Can I postpone this until... Shit's a little bit better. So I'm guessing you did that and I don't know, it got kicked to like next year or something? No, they spited me and I have to go in for fucking jury duty next week. I'm so goddamn mad. It's at eight o'clock in the fucking morning and it's like a 45 minute drive away. I'm so fucking mad. I don't want to do this. I'm dicking over somebody's life. I don't care. Oh, God, why didn't I say I hate cops? So if you've never been called for jury duty before, you have to fill out a questionnaire beforehand where they ask you, like, do you have any relatives that are a police officer? Do you are are you the CEO of Antifa? (laughs) Have you ever thrown a Molotov cocktail at someone? And I filled it out. And I wrote one of the questions. Stereos has a lot of problems with the way I filled this out. So I don't want to go to jury duty because it's at 8 a.m. in the morning. It's pain in the ass. I have to drive like an hour to get to the goddamn courthouse. So they asked you, do you have any implicit prejudices we should know about? So I wrote, I am a racist. (laughs) And they still called me for jury duty. What the fuck is that? You see the mistake you made? No. You really don't see the mistake you made? No. 
<laughs> you gotta. Fox News is built like an empire on crypto racism. You can't just go out there and be and say I am a racist. You have to say <laughs> things like, "Hmm, emigration from this one particular country seems to have a increase in this one kind of crime rate." Hmm, hmm. You got to be like all sneaky about your racism. Real racists are sneaky about it. They're, they go like, "I don't know about this rap music." Like. They don't go like, I don't like black people. They go like, mm, the values in rap music aren't great. It's like you got to separate your racism by a degree or two. Oh, man. Why the fuck did I not say I hate cops? That would have worked so well. That you could have just gotten away with. That you could straight up in 2020, you could have just said, I don't like cops. I've had bad experiences with the cops. That's it. Because at this point... Everyone's had bad experiences with the cops, so no one's going to dig any deeper. You just said, quote, I am a racist. I just want to make sure I got this right. Yes, I just wrote down. I answered everything else completely honestly that I wrote down. I am a racist. Under impli- Do you have any implicit biases that we should know about? So I guess the perpetrator is a fucking white person. Because why the fuck else would you call me after I wrote that? Uh- You got called for spite. The judge is going to make a fool out of you in the courtroom. The judge is going to go like, uh, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Santana, I see here later in uh, uh, section five or subsection four, you wrote a, I am a racist. Uh, You are telling us who you are racist against. Uh, Yes, Asians. Uh, I, as Judge Chin Ho, I find you guilty of being a bastard. <laughs> oh, wow, this is a very multicultural courtroom. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, by the way, I'm in a wheelchair, too. And then he, like, rolls out. He's in a wheelchair, too. And also, I'm trans. Also, I'm trans. Oh, my God. You can't just say I'm a racist. You have to say I get nervous in urban neighborhoods. Huh? What does that mean? That's trying too hard. Oh, <laughs> nothing could be trying harder than just saying, quote, I'm a racist. That's the most trying hard. Isn't there, okay, so I've never gotten, have you gotten to jury duty before? Yes. When you go, isn't there, like, the first meeting, the other lawyers get to be like, where do you work? I work at a gas station. Okay, well, this crime took place at a gas station. We don't want you. <laughs> yes, there is a jury selection process where, like, the both, like, I don't know, at least in L.A. when I did it, like, the like the lawyers get three strikes. You can just, like, dismiss three people for no reason at all. Like, you don't even have to say why. So when I got called for jury duty, I just, what I did was I said, I've had terrible experiences both as the victim of crime and with the police. <laughs> I have terrible experiences with many crimes and criminals. And the police, though. I said, like, one time the cops pulled me over and uh, I got out of the car. They asked me to get out of the car. They immediately had their hands on the gun for no good reason. I was like a chubby little 23-year-old wearing, like, a Mega Man t-shirt. I had big bearded glasses. There was no reason to, like, immediately. And I even asked. I said, like, why do you have your hand on your gun? And the other cop went, would you mind stepping back for a little bit? So, like, the first cop could tell the second cop that, like, 
the kid that the kid that has a pull box at the at the comic book store isn't about to pull a one eight seven in the middle of the seven eleven parking lot. But then it was also like my parents owned a deli and shoplifting was a big deal and it cost us a lot of money when people shoplifted. And I laid out such a good case why I'd be biased against everybody that I was immediately dismissed. See, I feel like it would have just been much easier to go in there and say fucking Mexicans, am I right? You're gonna get held in contempt! How could I possibly get held in contempt for telling the truth? Because what you're doing... Do you know what contempt is? No. Okay. When you clearly have contempt for the judicial system, everyone's time. (laughs) <laughs> like, the, the, the concept of the courts themselves, you can be held in contempt, and it's like, I can't think of anything more contemptuous than going in there and talking about how you, quote, hate Mexicans because you, quote, don't want to serve on jury duty. How could you ever prove that I don't hate Mexicans? Like, I can't, can't prove that you don't hate Mexicans. You can't prove a negative. That's literally impossible. You're saying it with a smile, and your eyes are lighting up when you're saying it, and you clearly love Mexicans. <laughs> you're clearly just saying this to get a rise out of people, you little fourth channeler. Okay. All right. Okay. How are you going to deal with this? Real, honest role play right now. Okay, I have a few separate strategies. Real quick, honest role play. Uh, Miss Santana, I see here that you wrote, I am a racist as a reason why you couldn't (laughs) serve your civic. Uh, You're laughing? Contempt! (laughs) See, this is why I'm trying to actually, um, I'm trying to actually help you here. (laughs) Okay, let's try again. All right, all right, and three, two, one. Miss Santana, uh, I see here, you're, you're laughing? What now you, you got at? me going. Now you got me what going. La- okay, fine. All right, ready? <laughs> yes. Three, two, one. Oh, Mr. Santana, I see you here. I mean, I say, I say, I see you here. All right, and three, two, one. Miss Santana, I see here you wrote. You can't stop. No. Get the giggles out now because if you laugh at the judge, they have a jail at the courthouse for little fortuners like you. You got. I have a disease. I can't stop laughing because I have a disease. Pit, you know what? Then this is a good, this is a good place to start. The moment (laughs) the judge starts talking, you start pinching yourself, stab yourself with a pen. I'm sorry. Here's a pen. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have a, I can't, this is a medical condition. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. And three, two, one. I can't stop laughing. (laughs) You're not stabbing, start stabbing yourself. I'm stabbing myself. God damn it, you're going to jail. You're going to jail. Look, we have a replacement rancher for situations like this. Nico, by the way, Nico, you did such a good job on last week's episode. Thank you so much. I'm terribly sick. Yeah, you look pretty good for a dead bitch. Yeah. I'm going to, okay, we're going to try one more time. Okay. And take a deep breath. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have to be wearing my mask. This is a good, this is a good one. Okay, I'm ready. All right. All right. Miss Santana. I see here you wrote as reasons why you can't serve your civic duty. I am a racist. That is correct. You're a racist? Yes. Who are you racist against? Um, I've really been been educating myself these past couple of months about the horrific crimes that white people have committed on behalf of their ancestors. And so I would say that I could not give a white person, a white defendant, a fair strike at justice. Also, look at my last name. (laughs) Santana. Do I sound like a white person? 
Miss Santana, please, this is not an open mic forum. I apologize. You, this is not a comedy podcast where you're being recorded and paid sums of money to produce humor. I, pr- I apologize. I do have a disease. Oh, really? What what disease is that? End-stage renal failure. <laughs> is, <laughs> Causes is, me to laugh excessively. Is your disease funny to you? Okay. Yes. Cause you to laugh. Cause you to laugh. Because I am white. <laughs> So if the if the bench were to request proof of this medical condition, uh, you could provide it because I'd like to remind you, you are under oath. No, because that violates the NAP. Do you mean HIPAA? No, the NAP. What is the NAP? It's the non-aggression principle. And as I am a minarchist, that means that I can legally beat you to death with a bat. 30 days in county jail. <laughs> oh, damn it. You're going to get 30 days in county jail? <laughs> you can't just go in there. All right. That white person stuff was working. <laughs> is that good? That white person stuff was working really well. You might want to throw in, I understand that I may appear Caucasian. However, I don't, I feel like the fact that, that I know white privilege makes it even harder for me to mete out justice to one of my fellow, quote, white criminals. <laughs> my fellow crackers. Yes, yes, perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I've only had really good experiences with police. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. A hot white girl only having good experiences with police? What's shocking, but no, true. I'm not saying that's a normal experience. No, that's not true. I have only had good experiences when I've gotten pulled over. Every other interaction with police has been a fucking nightmare for me. But I have a very specific memory of I was 16 and I was driving home and I got pulled over for speeding. And... um. I had no idea what to do, and I was shitting my pants, of course, because I'm a 16-year-old, just got their license. And he, the officer takes my insurance and shit and goes back to his car, and he's taking a little bit of time. So I got out of the car and went to his police car, and he just said, Miss, get back in the car. I was like, oh, wow, if I was black, I would definitely have died during that. That So just want to be clear. What counts as a bad experience uh, with the police with you is... Being firmly yet politely asked to return to your vehicle. No, what counts as a bad experience with the police with me is getting handcuffed in my own fucking house and have an officer scream at me and them sending another officer who only speaks Spanish. Like, motherfucker, I'm speaking English to you. I speak all of the English. Okay, but to be fair, in that one particular situation, there was a criminal in your house and there was stolen property. But I was not the criminal. What are they supposed to? What was the... You... Okay, granted, you weren't the criminal, but there were three people in the house. Look, one out of three ain't bad. That's a that's pretty good odds that you cuffed the right guy. <laughs> yeah, they were like they, they should have showed me that fucking search warrant before they invited themselves into my house. You don't need to show a teenager a search warrant. You need to show a teenager to the back of your nightstick. We'll be right back <laughs> after this with more of the loudest podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the loudest podcast. I worked in digital advertising for a long time, and we use cookies and algorithms to serve you what you want before you even know you want it. Long time ago, I had a coworker. She started getting banner ads for like baby toys and cribs and breast pump shit. And she was like, what the fuck? I'm not pregnant. Like... These goddamn algorithms don't know shit. And then she took a pregnancy test and she was pregnant. Holy shit, is that true? Yes, and the cookies and the algorithms knew before she did. 
I don't know how, maybe like they were putting together her diet. Like maybe they were like pulling info from Grubhub and this, and they're like, Oh, you're eating a lot of pickles. Oh, uh, you're, you're looking for, you're looking for like, um, like you Googled, like, why am I nauseous in the morning? Like, but it put together the thing. My guess would be like, she had an Amazon echo or something in her house. And she was talking about the desire to get pregnant. That's a child. I don't know what the hell it was, but the algorithm knew. And here's why I'm bringing that up. My Google News algorithm keep kept trying to get me to read stories about Liberty University and uh, Becky Falwell. And I kept saying, like, I, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Why do you keep trying to serve me this story? Why do you keep trying to serve me this story? I don't care about Liberty University. I don't care about Becky Falwell and Jerry Falwell Jr. And then finally, just to get rid of the cookie, I'm like, all right, I'll click on this article. And I was like, God damn it, algorithm. You knew what I wanted. You <laughs> son of a bitch. You've done you it again. <laughs> you algorithm. How did you know I'd love this? So just to, so uh, Liberty University and the Falwell family are in the news. Um, Jerry Falwell was like a famous televangelist in the 80s. Like, like the classic old southern guy dabbing his forehead a bunch and going like please think of uh, send me money for your prayers like the blustering dad on the in the princess of the frog like oh i can't wait to eat some beignets from my favorite african-american entrepreneur yes exactly like jerry <laughs> falwell like classic classic 1980s televangelist just, like you know just like like doing commercials, thumping on a Bible, and going like, if you send me money, I will heal your cancer. Like, classic. The Falwells, they own mega churches, they own this, they own that. They own a place called Liberty University. I know you had a friend that went there. I had a friend who went to Liberty University. She was very popular, which is why I don't understand why she went to Liberty University, because she was pretty well socialized. But she's also, so if you are new to the internet and you don't know what liberty university it is like an insane christian college not it's insane because it's christian but the rules extend into like the students personal lives like they have to go to church they have to dress in a certain way you can't fuck yeah uh, i actually have this thing here uh the li like liberty university is famous for its code of conduct known as the liberty way and you are like you are given demerits for doing bad stuff. You get five demerits. Uh, you get fined fifteen dollars. You get uh, ten demerits. You get fined fifty dollars. You get thirty demerits. You get expelled. Um, a uh, <laughs> a attendance at a dance. If you go to any kind of dance at all, any dance. Five demerits, $15 fine, just for attending a dance. That's expensive. Yes, it is. And by the way, I am I made sure to look this up. I have the 2019 Liberty uh, Guidelines up in front of me. What, yeah? what is gay fucking? Uh, gay fucking is... Uh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Homosexuality. No, 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 no I, I'll find it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's around here. So, yeah, uh, here we go. Violation on the Statement of Sexuality and Relationships... Uh, including sexual immorality, inappropriate personal contact, spending a night with a member of the opposite sex, 30 points of media expulsion. Really? Yes. It, yeah, it, exactly. Like Liberty University, it's known for its very restrictive code. Like Footloose is based on Liberty University. Um, uh, what's his name's character in Footloose? It's based on Jerry Falwell. Um, 
you know, uh, like you're not allowed to dance up until very recently. They had like a very restrictive dress code. Like women weren't allowed to wear pants up until a couple of years ago. Um, if you're late for curfew, oh God, right, the school has a curfew. What's the curfew? I don't know, but the fact that it has one is ridiculous. Uh, you get one point for being late for curfew, plus one additional point for each additional 30 minutes late. And the fact that you're assigned those points means that like someone is checking. Yeah, someone what? is there with a stopwatch at like 11 p.m. going like, for, at a kind of goddamn college. Only very recently were R-rated movies and video games rated M for Mature allowed on campus. Wow, it's really interesting that Saudi Arabia set up a fucking colony in Virginia. Yeah, I know. So, like, so I feel like we've established at this point that, like, Liberty University is, like, a very restrictive place that, like, <laughs> that, like, uh, hues to yeah, kind of like an unworkably strict view of the Bible. Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds easier to follow all the laws in North Korea <laughs> than Liberty University. So... It would be really funny if the president of Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Jr., were involved in a some sort of cuckolding scandal with his wife and a pool boy, wouldn't it? Cuckolding, you say? <laughs> yes. So many scandals are coming out from Liberty University. It is so, so great. Here's how it started. A couple of weeks ago, Jerry Falwell Jr., current president of Liberty University, son of famed Jerry Falwell televangelist, uh, uh, posted an image to Instagram and then immediately deleted it. The image was him with his shirt off and his pants down. You couldn't see his junk, but like you could see his underwear. He had his arm around someone who was not his wife. Ooh. He had his arm around his wife's assistant, and he was holding a drink of black liquid. He was on a cruise. Immediately takes it down. Now, this... This is 30 points right here. <laughs> this is like 30 points worth of bullshit. Like, he swore up and down that it was not an alcoholic beverage, that he was only drinking cola. I don't know anyone that goes on a cruise, puts their arm around some other lady, and is just drinking cola with their pants down on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know anybody. I, I, I partake in the libations myself, and I've never accidentally posted anything. Exactly. So then he resigns. Then he unresigns, which is one of my favorite moves in, like, uh, unresigning is, like, one of my favorite moves in damage control. Um, there was, like, a scandal a couple of years ago in New York where there was, like, the head of an improv school. He got called out for inappropriate relationships with students. He resigned, and then he sent a big, long letter unresigning. And, like, what unresigning means is someone got in his ear and was like, no, you can fight this. You can fight this and you can win. Is that so, allowed? <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, yes and no. I don't know. I, but like, that's for a judge to decide. If I go to my job and say, fuck you, assholes, I quit. I can't come back into work the next day. Yeah, I mean, I know. But people unresign and unapologize more often than you think. You'll see it happen. And... um so then after Jerry Falwell Jr. unresigned, a couple stories come out right away. First is, um, it turns out that Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife, Becky Falwell, were involved in a threesome cuckolding relationship with a legitimate pool boy. And he's also 
Spanish, isn't he? His name is Giancarlo Granada. Oh, excellent. You could see, you know he's hot because his name is Giancarlo Granada. That guy is probably a lover to like a thousand lonely housewives. Uh, here's an article. The war of words between a former pool attendant and Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife Becky escalated on Friday morning as Giancarlo Granada claimed that Falwell, quote, enjoyed watching, end quote, him have sex with the former Liberty University president's wife. Quote, he was aware from day one of our relationship and he did, comma, in fact, comma, watch. Granada, age 29, contends. Now, what uh, uh, is this in uh, Hustler? Is this in uh, Penthouse Playboy? ABCnews.com's <laughs> Good Morning America brings us this sordid tale. Good Morning America. Here's our top cuckold related news. This is so great. Quote Jerry was laying on the bed, Granada said. He was drunk and he was giggling. 30 points. Granada said that the two men awkwardly discussed the parameters of the impending sexual encounter. He insisted that during the first encounter, he reassured Falwell that if the older man became uncomfortable, he would leave. Hey, he said he told Falwell anxiously, if at any point you get jealous or you just want me to back off, just let me know. And I'll walk out of here. This is a very considerate bull. <laughs> Granada said Falwell reassured him, urging him to, quote, go for it. He enjoyed watching, said Granada, who told George Stephanopoulos at ABC News. <laughs> at eight in the morning. <laughs> that the sexual encounters continued, quote, multiple times a year until 2018 in hotels in Miami, New York. And at the Falwells' Virginia home. Granada said the Falwells had told him during the first encounter they had visited a Miami swingers club during the previous night. But they wanted dot, 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 a more intimate session. I'm going to fucking throw up. What does Becky look like? Becky! <laughs> now, this is, a, this is something that's great. A lot of people accuse the news media of bias. Sometimes that bias is good. Every single picture of Becky is hot and milfy as fuck. Really? Every single picture. Yeah, here. I'm going to have to look at this for myself. <laughs> I'm going to flip my monitor around. Okay. Yeah, she's quite, quite, the, quite the mother I'd like to have sexual cuckoldry with. Now, look, I've seen a lot of pictures of this person. This person, 99 pictures out of 100 does not look milfy af. Just looks like a normal woman. God bless Politico, ABC News, and the entire mainstream media finding like the one or two pictures of her that look milfy as fuck. Especially in this next article. Headline, she was the aggressor. Colon, former Liberty student alleges sexual encounter with Becky Falwell. A former student at the Evangelical University opens up about a 2008 incident with the wife of the school's president. Does it say the guy's name? Uh, I don't know. Why? Do you want to look him up? And no, see how the, hot he is? the student. Yeah, absolutely, I do. Oh, actually, yes, it does. It says his name here is Buongiorno Giovanni. <laughs> no, it doesn't say the guy's name. He's a, he was a teenager. Um, all right. What kind of teenagers in college? I don't know. All right. The student, oh no, he was 22 at the time of the encounter. Um, here we go. This is in Politico. 
It was early in the summer of 2008 when a member of this young rock band suggested a new guitarist who he said knew every Led Zeppelin song and could play like Jimmy Page. He was younger than them by a few years. They were in their early 20s. He was fresh out of high school. But there was another reason to maybe not let the kid in the band. His name was Trey Falwell, the eldest son of Jerry and Becky Falwell. If we get this kid in the band, we're going to have Falwell's name attached to it, the former student remembered thinking. Still, Trey Falwell could play, and his parents were very supportive of the band, even offering to let the guys practice in an abandoned church next to their home. Members of the band recall Becky Falwell's habit of showing up to their rehearsals. At first, the guys didn't think much of it. She was friendly and always offered them snacks. Quote, It wasn't just a one-time thing, the former student said. It was, quote, Oh, hey guys, I brought you some lemonade. And then she'd always stick around. She was like, hey, I know I'm a mom, but I want to be friends with everyone, recalled the former bandmate. Eventually it got awkward, he recalls. It was like, dude, why is someone's mom chilling with us? <laughs> this sounds like bad fan fiction. This is what I love about all of this. Um, let me get to the end of this. Pretty soon, his bandmates thought they might have an answer as to why Becky Falwell was sticking around so much. I could tell she was giving me looks, but I wanted to downplay it, the former student said. I would think, am I reading too much into this? She would give little innuendos, almost like she was speaking in code. Shortly before classes resumed for Liberty's fall 2008 semester, the then-student and a few friends were clearing boxes out of the rehearsal space. Becky met them in the driveway. We were all hot and sweaty. She goes, Hey, can you help me with something? I said, Sure, heck yeah, I can help you. I figure she needed some heavy lifting. Did she suck this kid's dick? Yes, she sucks this kid's dick. We're oh, getting there. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I'll never forget. She corners me and she goes, Have you told your friends? I say, Excuse me? She goes, have you told your friends that I think you're hot? The former student recalled. She's standing there with her eyes locked on me, waiting to see what I'd say. I probably laughed it off like, ha no, I haven't told them that one. Cut to a little bit later. The band is drunk at the Falwell home. They're all sleeping over. Becky Falwell, quote, jumps into bed with him and performs oral sex at him while he stays over at the Falwell home after a band practice. Uh, she initiated the act. He went along with it. Despite his rejection of further advances, Falwell continued pursuing him, offering him gifts, and engaging in banter through Facebook messages. Nice. <laughs> she would send him messages like, I think you're beautiful just the way you are. Don't cut your hair. You know those killer eyes and that bandana drives me wild, dot, 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 smiley face. The fuck does that mean? I don't know. And this is why I love this so much. Because it's just like you said, these are such vanilla encounters. Like, what could be more stereotypical than, like, a cucking relationship with a hot pool boy in Miami? What could be more stereotypical than a mom bringing snacks to a band practice saying, can you help me with something, and then going down on a kid in the show? Like, 
it's like it's like these people are afraid to look at like real dirty dirty porn so they just look at like the top layer of the porn <laughs> and that is so mind-blowingly dirty that that's like the filthiest thing they could do it's it, like the only thing this is missing is a scene where Becky Falwell trips and he falls into her tits or something. This is ridiculous. I know. I love it. So Becky Falwell was apparently like an employee of Liberty University at the time and an employee of Liberty University going down on a student That's- outside of wedlock is 900 points. Yeah, I was going to say, how many fucking points is that, Becky? <laughs> It goes, it goes all the way around that you end up with ten points. You end up with negative ten points somehow. Um, this Fallwell story is hot as hell. I want to thank the algorithm for showing me these stories. If anybody else has any more hot, hot Fallwell sex stories, you send them straight to us. Anything else? Yeah, and if you go to Liberty University, can you call in and tell us how much fucking goes on? Yeah, I want to know if there's like a secret underground fuck society. There's gotta be. We'll be right back after this with more of the Loudest Podcast. So I was watching Ben Shapiro take the political compass test. Mm-hmm. He's such a fucking little shit. I hate that guy. He goes through the entire test. And he's like, well, if I don't, and this test is not accurate because when I answer the questions, it doesn't put me down as a libertarian. And then he goes on <laughs> <laughs> and he says, all abortion should be legal. Wait, wait, legal or illegal? Illegal against okay. the law, even when like a woman's life is threatened. Um, sex outside of marriage is always immoral, and marijuana should be illegal. And he's like, why am? Why is it put me as a conservative and not a libertarian? Because motherfucker, you're not not what libertarian want. I'm sorry. The one thing we know libertarians want is all drugs to be legal because they will tell you that while handing you drugs at a party for an hour and a half about how like all drugs should be legal, even super heroin, which is when I put a bunch of cocaine in a heroin and put all that inside it in a devil dog and jump down on that devil dog. Like, they love, if there's one thing we know about libertarians is that they want all drugs to be legal and they want all prostitution to be legal. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'll, I'll this, see, this test is not accurate because it shows that I am not a libertarian because, motherfucker, you're not a libertarian. You want to lick the boots of the government. You want big daddy government to trample on your balls while stopping people from cheating it's on each fine, other. Ben. That's not libertarian. It's fine to be a bootlicker, Ben, but you're not a fucking libertarian. Wow. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, this guy, wow. Who would have thought? It's funny to me that someone's like, oh, please. Like, like they're like they're taking the results of a pregnancy test. Like, please let me be a libertarian. Please let me be a libertarian. Please, please, please. <laughs> not coming, not coming, not coming, not coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, where, do, where are you on this test? Uh, I've never taken this thing. Unironic Chaz supporter. Wow. <laughs> That's where I am. Fuck yeah, good. That's that's excellent. Oh man, I missed the chairs. Gone but not forgotten. Mm. We'll go back. We'll make another commune come. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's very funny that he like sees himself as a minarchist and then is like, no, marijuana corrupts your soul. You've used the term minarchist a lot lately. Can you explain what this is to everybody? Um, okay, so you got a libertarian. Libertarians, minarchists, and anarcho-capitalists are three sides of the same stupid hydra. 
Three heads of the same stupid idea. So libertarian is the least severe of them. Like libertarians usually don't have a problem with there being a state. They just don't fucking want to pay taxes, right? Right, exactly. They just libertarians just don't want to be told what to do. They want to be able to do whatever they want to do. Like, but if a warlord tries to take their house, don't they want like a government to stop them from getting hurt, but not anyone else? Well, they, they, well that would violate the nap. So they want the government to enforce the nap and like, I don't know, schools, but they don't have to pay for them. McDonald's pays for them or something. Right. The whole thing where you're, you're always saying like they want Taco Bell to pay for the roads. Well, can you explain what the nap is, please? <laughs> the nap the non-aggression principle, mm-hmm. which is, okay, so we live in a libertarian society, right? There's Government is only there when we really, really need them. Now, I can come to your house and beat the shit out of you, and you can come to my house and beat the shit out of me, but that's not really going to be very productive for anybody. So the NAP is an unspoken, it's a non-aggression, either pact or principle, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And if you violate the NAP, then you get your ass kicked. By the government? No, by the other person who on on whose frozen peaches you are trampling. But how does, oh, but this doesn't make sense, like if, if I know you have money in your house and we're living in like a super libertarian society and I go to your house and steal your money, that's great. Like I'm a job creator. I've created wealth from nothing. Like, like I, I'm a, I'm, that's awesome. Well, see, no, cause you violated the nap. So you would immediately die by my machine gun Somali pirate turret. That protects my safe. But what if I bring like five Somali a pirate machine gunner drones? Well, see, you can't do that because I have the Taco Bell police. <laughs> private police at my property guarding my giant pile of money the non-aggression principle this is something you've brought up in our personal life when, when like every time i wake her up in the morning she goes like you're violating the nap yeah you do you violate, you stomp on my rights every day <laughs> i d- at the end of the day someone has to like the state kind of has to be the arbiter of whether or not the nap was violated. Like, if you say something rude to me, I could say that you violated the nap and shoot you in the back eight times. Like, if we're all just making up rules. Well, that would be what a minarchist would say. So a minarchist is like a more severe libertarian. Okay. A minarchist wants there to be the only role of the government. Literally, all it does is enforce the nap. Oh, okay. But, I mean, the government deciding when someone has been aggressive towards someone else has like cascading ramifications and at that point you might as well just live in a democracy because it's like well who in the government decides whether what counts as a violation of the nap or not like shouldn't we all get together and figure out make a list of let's say nap violations you might also call them laws that like <laughs> that like are enforced by the threat of state violence like you see what i'm saying can, can you explain the counter to this uh the counter would be taxes taxes the way the law is written do not violate the nap but they actually do violate the nap but the government if i say i'm not paying my taxes then the government will come over and violate the nap and if the government violates the nap that's not cool man well okay so but if the government violates the nap who's gonna stop the government the super government like this nap thing seems like a big fucking hand wave. Like anytime, <laughs> this seems like the kind of thing where like anytime you back a libertarian or a minarchist into a corner, they're just like, well, the nap, of course, the nap, the nap will take care of this. The nap, the nap solves all. Everyone feels better after a nap. <laughs> like, right. So if you're an anarcho-capitalist, okay. an anarcho-capitalist wants like no government. They okay. find the state to be 
uh, inherently uh, detrimental to capitalism. So they want like private police, private Taco Bell police. Uh, you don't McDonald's paves the roads. You. All right. What's the difference between an anarcho-capitalist and a regular capitalist? Um, a regular capitalist would say, like, yeah, we should have a public school. <laughs> That's not a terrible idea. Or, yeah, maybe I should pay my workers in money and not Amazon bucks. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So an anarcho-capitalist believes in anarchy and capitalism. Yeah. So anarcho-capitalists do not believe in the nap. So it... So in an so in an anarcho capitalist society, might makes right. Like if I beat you up and steal your stuff, tough shit. Yeah, but the nap. The is there a nap in anarcho capitalism? Yes or no? Yes. Is there always a nap? There's always a nap because we'd just be beating the hell out of each other constantly. Yeah, that's what libertarianism is. It's it's lazy. It's it's government. Leave me alone. Government, let me beat the shit out of my neighbor and steal his dogs. He's got some cool dogs. You really don't see a difference between paying taxes and literally murdering someone for their money. I, if we're gonna live in it, if if we're gonna go nuts, let's go nuts. Is the way I think about it. What's the most? What's the craziest, most out there libertarian society that's essentially like feudal warlordism might makes right steal what you can take who you will somalia <laughs> is that it what's the what's the most libertarian of these is there one oh anarcho capitalist okay but if the anarcho capitalists have a nap i would argue that that's not really very good libertarianism well you always kind of have to have a nap like you could say that about anarcho communism you're like oh they don't want a government but they do want direct democracy so there's like a little bit of government anarcho-capitalism has direct democracy or anarcho-communism that's anarcho-communism anarcho i need to start writing this down <laughs> okay anarcho-communism interestingly i always thought communism and democracy didn't mix See, uh, a lot of people would say that, but what an anarcho-communist wants is they want to live in self-governing communes. Okay. Where the onus falls on the individual to follow the agreed-upon rules, and if someone breaks those rules, then you have, like, a direct voting system. Okay. So anarcho-communism has no libertarianism in it. No, it's, it's very libertarian. Like, you could do all drugs, you could fuck whoever you want, you could have drive-through abortions. But what about the tyranny of the majority? Like, if in an anarcho-communist society, we all get together and vote that Rick sucks, then the state is crushing Rick, which seems anti-libertarian. Yeah, this is kind of why Antifa doesn't get a seat in the Senate. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay, you told me about a thing called minarchism. You also told me about something called minarchism? Oh yeah, that's a uh, minarchy in Minecraft. I stole that joke. <laughs> Which of these are you? Which of these are you? None of them. They're all stupid. Okay. I see the word tanky written on our whiteboard right now. What's a tanky? Um a lot of people think that the word commie and tanky are interchangeable with one another, but they're actually not. A tanky is a pejorative term for a Stalin apologist. What? That guy that killed 50 million people? And it's actually kind of interesting. So where the term comes from, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly. So Hungary in the 1950s, I want to say, attempted to install its own form of communist 
its own form of communism that Stalin did not approve of. So he sent in a bunch of tanks to go kill them all and crush this rebellion. And even a lot of commies were like, that's not you shouldn't have done that. But then the ones who were like, yeah, send in the tanks. That's oh, where the term they're comes called from. tankies. Yeah. OK. All right. That's terrible. Yikes. Jesus <laughs> Christ. OK. Thank you for telling me what a tanky is. I called someone a tanky in in uh, Heroes of the Storm because there's this one little character that's like a that's like a tank and uh, and the, it, it play, it named Sergeant Hammer and Sergeant Hammer was like being too bossy and was pinging us all and trying to overdirect us and it's like so I call I was like hey shut up tanky that's a good one really yeah yes okay good finally the boomer wins something anarcho communism anarcho capitalist minarchists libertarians tanky i see something called nasbel oh a nasbel a nasbel is a funny meme political ideality they are um culturally right and economically left what the hell? <laughs> what <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you're sitting at home you're sitting at <laughs> Okay. Stands for National Bolshevikism. If you're sitting at home and you're thinking, wow, I really like how Hitler tried to establish an ethno state, but I also like how everybody starved to death during communism. I got the great political ideology for you. It's Nazbolism. God damn. It's basically uh, workers' rights except no Jews. Yikes! Okay. <laughs> you said Nazbol stands for National Bolshevism? What are the chances that the Naz stands for Nazi? Yeah, that's the, it's a combination. It's like Russian. It's something Russian. I don't know. I'm just, it's just, look, if it has the word Nazi and I want to call that out, uh, I don't want to hide the word Nazi under the word national. Okay. Which of these should I be? Um, you should be an anarcho Nazbol. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I will <laughs> Watch your mouth out with soap, little lady. Um, okay. Which of these triggers people the most? I mean, I guess, honestly, the ultimate function of all these like bespoke niche political ideologies from this weird, uh, what's the grid thing called again? Political compass. From the political compass test is so you can learn a bunch of talking points, go into a Reddit thread and shit it up. Yes. True or false? <laughs> yes. Right. None Correct. of these political ideologies or facts like. Knowing them won't improve your life in any way, right? And it also would never work. None right. of them would work. None of these would work. Okay, so, yeah. All right, so which of these would trigger people the most? Uh, being a centrist and saying that you're better than everybody else. Yo! Like, everybody fucking hates the neolibs. You can be a neolib. No, 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 no. Centrist. Radical centrist. Right in the middle. I love centrism because, yeah, because you can walk into any conversation and go like, guys, guys. You're both wrong. Yeah, go <laughs> Meaning, I'm right. Oh, I'm going to try to get the moral high ground by saying that uh, you guys are children and you can't argue over anything for a fake sense of unity. Fuck off. Welcome back to leftist infighting. The only, the only, the only podcast where tankies and the CEO of Antifa beat each other with bats. I would watch that. I would subscribe to their Patreon. Although capitalism, I think, is not cool with one or both of those groups. So I guess I'll just keep the money and watch it. Wow. I'm going to become a radical centrist. That's a great fucking idea. I'll literally do this. I'll make a small section of fence and then put it in front of my camera and then sit on the fence 
And I'll go like, you guys are wrong for this and you guys are wrong for that. I'm a radical centrist. And then I'll get a skateboard to do a kickflip off my own fence. <laughs> off your own 80-pound dick. Yes! <laughs> Telling everybody, oh, no, let's just all get along. I'm so much better than you. Fuck off. Fuck off, centrist scum. God damn. All right. Well, if there's anything that triggers people more than radical centrism that doesn't have the word Nazi in it, <laughs> please recommend it to me. Daddy needs a new identity. <laughs> we'll be right back with voicemails after this on Loudest Podcast. You know, Asterios, I'm really proud of our audience because mm-hmm. they have been doing so well in the voicemails recently. Yes, I'm se- I'm looking at these voicemail time signatures. 33 seconds, 38 seconds, someone, a 14-second voicemail. This is like Christmas. It's great. Nobody farted into their microphone. <laughs> Nobody just said pee-pee-poo-poo check and then hang it up. Nobody breathed in their phone for two solid minutes. I'm wow. proud of you guys. Wow, this is this is fantastic. Well, if you want to leave a voicemail, you can call 848-863-5343. You can also send us a letter at theloudestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, first voicemail is called Can't Plow the Lol Cow? Yeah, I've, I give them funny names. <laughs> okay. Hey, Stereo, say Sarancha. So hey, I want to tell you about an interesting observation I've been having for a while okay. now. See, my sister and Sarancha have the exact same personality, by which I mean that she always inundates me with these lol cows that I don't (laughs) want to know about. I know too much about Chris Chen and Nicado Avocado, all these fucking people. I'm sick of it. Asterios, how how do you make it stop? Please, I want to have a peaceful night's rest. (laughs) You know, the only way to make it stop... Okay, there's two ways. One... Find a bigger lol cow and gross them out about it. Essentially, kind of like the lol cow mutually assured destruction principle. <laughs> the you mad lol cow principle. Like, uh, talk about... Th- no, okay. Here's the mistake I made a long time ago. I told Sriracha that I hated hearing about this stuff. <laughs> and I asked her to stop. And that you can't do that with a troll. See, that mistake was that you violated the naps. Yes! <laughs> Exactly. The only it's it's like I, I, okay. I guess at this point, maybe anytime your sister tells you about this stuff, just go. Yeah, I already heard about that. Yeah, this is boring. Just lie to her and tell her that it's boring you because like what trolls want is a reaction. So if you're bored, they'll I don't know. Maybe she'll try to trigger your mom and dad or something. So actually, you got any advice for this kid? I'll uh, become the lol cow. Smear poop on your walls. Just do it. Just do it, bro. Your friend Sarah just tell you to do it. Just do it. It'll be fine. Just do it. Don't think about it. This next voicemail is called Gunpowder Snorter Rides Again. Oh, this fucking guy. Hi, Sirius. Hi. Hi, Sriracha. Calling in after snorting gunpowder and sand, <laughs> you know, because that's what I do. I'm just calling to talk to Sriracha one-on-one. Okay. First of all, you can fucking fight me. <gasps> I will kidnap all of your porgs and waterboard them. No! It will happen. <laughs> Secondly... Crave is fucking great. You got the wrong kind. You got the bullshit extra good version. No, just get regular ass fucking crave. Third, imperialist. You're a fucking commie, Sriracha. <laughs> so I love this week's episode, and I just wanted to call and say I didn't mind getting roasted. Y'all have a good week. Okay, we well, love you. Good, because you're going to get double roasted. There are so many things wrong with this voicemail. I don't even know where to start. First of all, no, I will not fight you. I will not fight anyone because I will lose. <laughs> I've had 
people threaten to fight physically fight me a couple of times in my life. And I'm always just like, no, no, I won't do it. And they're like, oh, you're a pussy. I'm like, no, I'm not a pussy. I'm just not stupid. I know that you're going to kick my, yes, man who has undergone years of intense physical training. You could probably kick the ass of a 150 pound noodly armed woman who takes pictures of pigeons. She sees on the street. Second of all, did you call me a fucking commie? Do I sound like a fucking commie? Do I sound like I want to abolish private property? All I want is a bowl of cereal that's edible. And let me tell you, comrade, if that if that makes me a fucking commie, that I want my food to have more nutritional value than makes you fat, then duh, comrade, hand me my copy of Das Kapital. Third, uh, you might want to start uh, picking up the manifesto then, comrade, because if you keep eating like this, you're going to need all the fucking free health care you can get. God damn! Fuck you. Okay. A lot of people have said that we got the wrong crave. This isn't just this gunpowder snorting uh, person who kills people because they belong to another religion. Um, Like, uh, we got the double chocolate crave. People are saying you have to get the regular crave. And then some people are saying that there's a special kind of crave called hazelnut crave, which sounds dope because it sounds like little cereal pieces filled with Nutella. So I do want to try that. Other cereals I want to try... Minecraft cereal just launched. Really? <laughs> and someone in our Discord tried it and said, it's good. The marshmallows are good. And the pieces taste like little cinnamon toast crunch pieces. It's a green cereal. It's like those uh, creepers in Minecraft. It's like you're eating a creeper. Like, I want that. Um, Mimi Yori recommended this cool donut flavored cereal from Japan that I want to try. I really want to try... Uh, Timbits cereal from Canada. When we bring the Crunch Bunch back, I want to try like a lot of exotic foreign cereals, I've decided. God is dead and we killed him. This next voicemail is called, What is My Favorite Anime? Hey, Sirius. Hey, Sriracha. It's your favorite boy, Riley Brooks. I just wanted to know Sriracha. Sriracha, what is your favorite anime? And why is it Sword Art Online? (laughs) Thank you for your time. This is an interesting question. Hey, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you go to my desk and grab a quarter? It's yeah. in that little coffee mug. Yeah. Uh, here you go. I'm going to flip this quarter. <laughs> and if it lands on heads, I will answer this question seriously. And if it lands on tails, I'm going to just say a lie. Okay. And I'm not going to show you which one. Okay. Uh, my favorite anime is Boku no Pico. <laughs> It's a delicious love story for the ages. I unironically think it's great. Uh, everybody who memes the shit out of it, I know. But if you really sit down and you think about each one of the characters and their motivations, it's fantastic. 10 out of 10. You can't just say Speed Racer or something. Can't Fuck just say Speed Racer. The best anime ever. It's about this little Zoomer kid who drives a supercar. He's got a hot girlfriend named Trixie who's also his spotter. She's guardian angel, always looking out for him. And always, 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 there's accidentally a child and a monkey in the trunk. Well, that pales in comparison to the depth of the romance you can find in Boku no Pico. Okay, this next voicemail is called Census Bureau Gives Us Data on Our Podcast. Hello, my name is Lieutenant Colonel Counter with the United States Census Bureau, and I bet you guys didn't know this, but we have started doing information on podcast listeners, which I would like to share with you now. 94% of listeners of the loudest podcast identify as members of one of the following groups. Mm -hmm. Simps, Reply Guys, (laughs) 
Neckbeards, Fedora Tippers, Supreme Gentlemen, Future Serial Killers, Paid Content Editors Wick, and Blood Relatives. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, we look forward to hearing more of your shows. I don't know why people are always down on the census. That's incredibly useful data. On all levels except physical, I am Content Editors Wick. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this last voicemail is called The Ghost of Kellogg's Needs to Change the Batteries in His Smoke Detector? Yes, that's correct. It is I, Asterios, the ghost of Will Keith Kellogg. Oh, my God. Have you disrespected the Kellogg Company's name recently? I would never. <gasps> yes. <laughs> By cornflakes. <laughs> and. Check on my horses, please. <laughs> you could hear the smoke detector. Yeah, that means you got to change the batteries, bud. <laughs> doing the chirp. Maybe that's how he died. He fucking died in a kitchen fire. Maybe that's why the Kellogg fell in meat cereal, something that doesn't require being cold. Because the head of the Kellogg family fucking died in the kitchen fire. Uh, that is it for the loudest podcast this week and this week as always you can get incredible bonus episodes we have at this point we have about 80 different bonus episodes that you can hear for just one two dollar pledge at patreon.com slash just two bucks is all you need to get like a wealth of content and uh this month's sticker club sticker the milk Denny's sticker featuring an adorable little sriracha is in the mail and it's on the way to our sticker club stickers right now. If you want to join the monthly sticker club and get a brand new sticker each month with free shipping, even international, you go to patreon.com slash hysteria. So, Sriracha, you got anything else? Yeah, and remember, the stickers are all limited runs, so if you miss even one, you will know that your collection will never, ever be complete. That's exactly right. The only way you can get these stickers is by joining the sticker club. And the only way you can enjoy yourself is by listening to the loudest podcast. Thank you so much. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.